in the heart of a champion there is a fire and the flames are controlled by burning desire to be the best you can Welcome to the first Code of Man podcast of 2022. We're excited today to set things off right by discussing how do we set the pace for a great new year. In the heart of a champion. Setting the pace for a great year. We've got a great year ahead of us. I've been saying uh, in in various venues and locales lately that it's okay for us to anticipate the best year ever. We ought to do that. Regardless of how it ends up going, it can still be the best year ever. Absolutely. Fact of the matter is, it's the only year we've got. Yeah. Well, when you look at it that way, there's no other way to look at it. 21's gone and 23 may never get here. So That's right. 22 is all you've got, people. There's nowhere to live but in the present. Well, here we are today to record in our Lovely undisclosed location studios. It is myself, Mike Overtrek Barnett, and Corey Easy Target Cantrell. I started the mix up names there, but the guy that I started to mix in is actually not with us. Old Roland Napoleon. He's today. on a temporary hiatus. He is on a hiatus of epic proportions. Epic proportions. <laughs> so uh, it'll just be the two of us today. It's January the January the fifth. Anyway, it's the first week of January. We're recording on the 5th. This will release on the 6th. Right. And so we're just in the first week of January, and I am not finished with my own anticipation planning for the new year. That that takes a little time because you don't want to rush that. You don't want to – and you don't want to just write stuff down or just come up with these – what's the word I'm looking for? Ambiguous? Yeah. These ambiguous goals that have no real substance to them. So – you really want to give some good time to that. Let me read Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 1. It says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And if I could just kind of tweak that a little bit for the sake of this podcast, boast not thyself of this year, for thou knowest not what a year may bring forth. And that's absolutely true. However, does that mean we're not supposed to plan for the year? I was looking in Luke chapter 14 uh, myself, just thinking about that. Over here at the end of this story that Jesus tells about compelling, going out in the highways and byways and compelling them to come in to the banquet, he says to those listening at the end of that, he's talking about counting the cost, and he says in verse number 28, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him saying, this man began to build but was not able to finish. He goes on to talk about a king that's going to make war with another king, and the point of that being there there needs to be a little evaluation before we set out on something. Mm-hmm. And if we apply that to the new year, we need to do a little evaluating, planning, calculating yeah. on how how things are, how we expect them to be. Matthew chapter 6, just one more passage of Scripture. Jesus does say, 
in verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or with all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now if I put all that together, what, what we understand from the teaching of Scripture, the words of Jesus, we have no control over what's going to happen tomorrow. We have no control over how this year is going to unfold before us as far as the things that we can't plan for, we cannot arrange for. But what we can do is we can plan and we can prioritize. And if we get our priorities right, then our plans are probably going to be pretty healthy. And when it's all said and done, we're going to find some success with our new year. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it raises a question for me because I, by nature, am, well, open confession time. I'm not a very good planner. I'm working on it. And I am leaps and bounds better now than I was even five or six years ago. But I think one of the the traps that I have fallen into is the times where I have sat down to make a plan. First of all, I don't know how to plan. So I would sit down and I would be guilty of making some of those ambiguous goals, you know, general type goals. That's a good word, generalization. I'm I'm, going to do this, but but not really having, you know, the meat of how I'm going to accomplish that goal. And then what you just talked about, when the inevitable uncertainties throughout the year come— I find myself so off pace from the goal that, number one, I'm not achieving the goal, but now I'm in a place I don't even know how to get back to the goal, apart from just a complete reset, which I know is is part of it. But I would think it would be far better to, in your initial planning, to go ahead and, is contingency is the right word, build in those, those things where, all right, you're going to get off track at some point in time. Things are going to hit you that knock you off. But what are some practical things maybe that you do to kind of to keep the initial goal, first of all, specific, but then also when you start getting knocked off path to, to get honed back in? Two things that, that come to mind as you're describing all that. It's number one, I think you have to allow for the derailing to happen. And I was listening to a interview yesterday with uh, someone. They were talking about fitness and nutrition and health type you know, goals as the new year's upon us. And one of the things that the, 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 the gentleman mentioned was is that what what ruins it or what messes people up in their goals, the holidays, mm-hmm. birthdays, anniversaries, vacations. And everybody faces those things. Well, it's like we know those things are going to come. So when they come, if we do mess up, as you said, you don't want to just junk the whole plan. Right. However you start out the year and whatever you're hoping to achieve, whatever your plans are, be patiently persistent with the process. Be patiently persistent with the process. Let me interrupt myself because I just thought of this. I I printed this and brought it with me, an article that was in my email box this morning. And this is from The Art of Manliness. It's written by Brett McKay. The title of it is Progress Isn't Linear. And, and that f- goes right into what we're talking about right now. The summary of this is that he, he says that there was a time in his life when he thought, okay, I set a goal for the year, and it's going to look like this straight climb all the way from point A to point B. But instead, he said it looks far more like 
the picture above. And in the picture, as we're looking at it, there's a gentleman climbing a graph, and the, the line goes up, and then it dips down, and then it goes up a little further, and then it dips down. But ultimately, it continues to get higher overall. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love when I saw that this morning, I said, I'm going to take that with me into the recording because it's a, it's a good picture to have in our mind. So when we do mess up or we, we fall backwards in the plan, don't give up. Be patiently persistent. So as you said, I don't remember the words you used, but it's, it's, let's just say re-engage with it. Don't just junk it because you failed. Re-engage. The second thing, so allow for, for the derailing, allow for the, the, the setbacks. But secondly, I would say is simplify. I believe what messes it up for so many people is we get too complicated with, the, with this process of planning our year, setting our goals. And I have been guilty of that, still am to a degree, but I'm trying to learn to be more simple with the approach. In the past, I have, you know, I have wrote down a goal for so many different categories. I'm, I'm just trying to think of an example, but I do track the books that I read in the year. And I'm sure a lot of people do that, but you know, if you keep a list of the books that you read during the year, well, I, I used to be bad about, well, I'm going to read a certain amount of books. I want to read a certain amount of nonfiction, a certain amount of fiction, and they don't qualify unless there's a certain amount of pages in them. Wow. I mean, and that was the way I would track it. Well, you know what? It's a lot easier on the soul and a lot more manageable to just say, you know what? I want to try to read uh, two, three books a month, period. Just leave it alone. And I just finished a book this week, A Christmas Carol. I was telling you that Mm -hmm. earlier. I think A Christmas Carol is like, it's less than 90 pages. By that old standard, I wouldn't even get to count that as a book I read this year. But it's A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. (laughs) I needs to go on the list. It's a timeless classic. Yeah, so simplify, I think, your your goal setting or your plan. Uh, don't overdo it because then what happens is you're just going to feel the weight of failure um, trying to achieve all those little micro details of it. Right. And so, I mean, I know, like, if I had to look at categories of my yearly planning, I'm sure they would be different than yours because everybody's life is different. But most of the time, I think when, you know, you come to the first of the year, you hear fitness goals. Mm-hmm financial goals and all of those all of those are wonderful but what I think what we're talking about is something far more than just the standard basics what would be some some categories that would be pretty good general rule of thumbs for everybody to as we're examining our year this year we need to be thinking specific in 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 what areas would you put up there as standards for everybody well, this one is this is a great question because I think it feeds back into the last one. Here's how we simplify. I say start with your core values. That's where you begin and that's where all your goal setting and your years planning has to has to center around. Now when we talk about core values, let's uh let's say we need to apply simplify to that too. Don't have a list of 20 core values, right. you know. Do you remember the book that we did together as a staff a couple of years ago called The Program? Yes. I can't remember the author's name, but he's a former Navy SEAL. It's a great book, but he actually talks about that in there, about the importance of of trimming your values down to the core, the most essential of your values. And he recommends no more than, I think, three to five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, long before I read that book, when I was still in the military, because as a chaplain I was speaking to soldiers a lot, whether it was group setting or individual counseling, I, ha- I realized I needed to do that in my life. And so for... At least a decade now, I've been able to tell you, if you ask me, what are your core values? I've got three, faith, family, and fitness. 
They're very easy to remember, but they cover all the aspects of my life. So what are the... What I would say is, number one, identify and define your core values. Before you even start planning your year out, know what you're about and what matters to you. So let me explain what these represent. Faith sounds obvious, and it kind of is. I mean, my life with God, my relationship with Jesus Christ. And these are not all parallel lines. They, they all cross, as you'll see. Because when I think about faith, I think about not only my life with God, but I think about my life with God's people, the church, my, my family. Well, my second value is family. Well, of course, family is going to include the people in my household and my kin, but it also still includes my my friends, my fellowship, my community, my church community. Those are values, okay? And then the third one is fitness. Now, the mind automatically goes to physical fitness. Well, that is a part of it. But I like to think of fitness as a comprehensive term and define it or explain it this way. Where do I fit? And how do I fit in the places I fit? So it's complete fitness. It's physical fitness, mental, emotional, spiritual. Uh, It's career fitness. There's so many areas in which fitness, I mean, you need to be in your place. So for me, what is my place? Where do I fit? And how do I get there and stay there through the year? So defining those core values, identifying them, that, that helps us simplify this process from the very beginning. I'm going to set my year, my pace, my plan based upon those things that matter the most to me. It sounds very generic on one hand, what I just described. The truth is anybody could say, well, those are my three core values too. And that's great because they may be. And if they are, grab them. They're obviously not unique with me. But for me, I know in my heart what those three things mean to me. So I I know that's where I'm operating and living. And that's that's the way it has to be for every person. You've got to know these are my values. And from there, I operate. That's my foundation for the rest of, of my year. Something I read this year, John Eldridge in his book, Restoration Year, I got that back in the fall, so I'm going to read that through, that through this year. And it's excerpts from his books is what it is. He says it's a brand new year. It's the time of year we start thinking about making changes. This year, rather than writing a quick list of resolutions that we'll likely forget before February, maybe we should take a different approach. This is a good time for each of us to ask ourselves, what do I want to be different this year? That resonated with me when I read it. I'm sure that was the January 1st part of the book there, but that resonated with me because that gives me a... It's a broader view, Mm -hmm. but it's also a tighter view in the sense of I'm looking back over the year and I'm saying, okay, it, it invites me into the reflection, but then it, it invites me into the, what I want to look like by the end of 2022. And that opens up my, my mind, my heart to, okay, how do I get from A to B? Because one of the things that I was going to bring out when you held up that picture, I know our listeners can't see the picture. I'll hold it up again. And maybe if they squint, squint real hard. But if you, if you look at, if you look at the end point on that graph, the end point is actually a little bit lower than one of the other high points. So where he ends is actually a little bit lower than where he was at you know, his peak throughout the course of the process. But the end point is still astronomically higher than the start point. Mm-hmm. So even though he didn't come to the end of it maybe as high as he was at some point in the process there was still definite change. There was still vast improvement. What you're describing, what I'm hearing is the difference 
between determining what you want to change and a resolution because a resolution, you either hit it and accomplish it or you fail. I'm going to do this. Well, close doesn't cut it. If you don't hit the mark, you're failing. But if you set something to say, this is what I want to change, you may not get to where you completely want to be, but any kind of growth and any kind of progress is still a success because you've made a stark difference than where you initially began. Yeah, we've got to view life as our life, our whole life. So we, we tend to think this time of year in terms of 365 days. But in that 365 days, we're not going to reach perfection. Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong process of growth. But it's where will I be at the end of this year that's further advanced than where I am now. So as somebody, many people have said in many different ways, if you're always achieving your goals, you're probably not setting them high enough. Right. So make the overall goal then to be a better version of you at the end of this year than you are right now in some tangible and let's say some people blessing way. Like mm-hmm. Not just it's all about me, like a vanity thing, but be a better version of you in such a way that you are impacting others for the kingdom of God and being a blessing to them. Absolutely. Otherwise, I mean, what's the point of our growth if it's not for the sake of benefiting you know, other people and, and, and glorifying God? Sure. This introduces, I think, a, a good place to introduce what I would say, I lay out maybe four parts of this process of, in other words, New Year's, you know, coming into the brand new year this week, the first couple of weeks of the year, four kind of parts or components to how you come up with your plan. All right. So the first one for me is always reflection. I start with reflection. And generally that's going to start toward the latter part of December. That last week of December, I mean, Christmas Day is hit. You're enjoying that. But especially right after Christmas Day, I tend to sort of move into that reflection process. It's like doing a life AAR so for those that still haven't got that uh, acronym, After, after Action, action Review. Report. And what did oh, you say? Oh, man. I said After Action Report. Uh, well, you can make a report after you do the review. Well, that's what we end up doing. <laughs> Either so, way. So <laughs> it's kind of like doing a life AAR. And, and I like to start with that 30,000-foot view, which I think is what we were referring to with Eldridge's, hey, what do I want to be different this year? You start with that 30,000-foot view of, man, how did this year go? How did I feel Starting out, how do I feel about it as it's coming to a close? What were the successes? Where did we improve? You know, and, and just that 30,000-foot view. And you can take that down as low and as detailed as you want to. And eventually you want to get a little tighter on your view. But the reflection is important. And, and in reflecting, mark the improvements you made and celebrate those things. Part of that process for me in a very practical way is I will sit down on January the 1st and I will pull out my notes, my journal, my planner from 2021, and I will go through, and this has just been a tradition. It's Mm -hmm. been a tradition for me for years now. January 1st, at some point in the morning, I'm going to get away from everybody else. I'm going to sit down at a desk or somewhere, and I'm going to go through all this, and I'm going to start reviewing uh, what what the year has been. And and it gives you a chance to look, think through, oh, you know what? Hey, I made some marked improvement in this category this year. Or, hey, man, wow. I didn't get anywhere near what I wanted to do in that area. So you, you're at least getting some assessment. So there's the reflection part of it. I was just going to ask you about that because you mentioned the 30,000-foot view, the 1,000-foot, the 500-foot. 
And I understand what you're talking about there, but I was wondering if you could just give kind of like maybe a personal illustration. I know 30,000 foot view is a year as the whole, but as you're talking about tighten it down and, and identifying it to, to narrow in the, the, the view and the focus, what, what does that look like as you're sitting there reviewing your stuff? How, how do you trim down that overall if, view? To give probably one of the most tangible ways to explain that, I would go to one of the most common New Year's resolution goal themes, which is health and fitness, mm -hmm. right? People are either wanting to lose weight or they're wanting to build muscle, build strength, get faster, whatever it may be, or just be healthier overall. So 30,000-foot view at the end of a year, I can look back over the year and I can look at things like, okay, I weighed X amount in January. I weigh this amount in December at the end of the year, if, if that's part of what I was trying to achieve. Now, it, not, it, it isn't always. But I can look at, for, for myself, I can look at the number of hours I put into physical training for the year. So that's a big picture view. I can look at total numbers of the areas that I was tracking. So for me, I, I log how many miles I run. Or, as you know, one of the categories I've done for a few years now is is just body weight exercises. How many push-ups and pull-ups and whatnot did I do this year? And I track that through the year. Now, let me interrupt myself to say, not with the amount of vicious detail that I did a few years ago. As we were talking about this morning, I may miss a, a, a counting a few reps here and there, but I don't sweat that. You know, it's not a big mm -hmm. deal. Okay, so I know it's not a perfect answer, but it's enough that from a thirty thousand foot view, I can see what the year looked like in my fitness goals. Now, then I can start breaking that down into this is a little crazy, all right, a little little further than probably most people want to go. But last year, for example, last January, I even broke that down to the months. Which months was I were I most active in? And which ones were I, was I not active as much in? And uh, it's not always what you think it would be. So, I mean, it, you can get as detailed as you want to in looking at those numbers and, and when you were really getting it done. And I don't know if that answers the question well or not. But I think it does because, if anything, the main thing that I'm hearing is if we have not in years past been heavy planners and goal setters and record keepers, when we start this this year, forward casting for 2022, we're starting from the ground up. So obviously we're not going to be able to maybe reflect on 2021 mm -hmm. to that level of detail. And I think going ahead and taking the pressure off and, and accepting that and saying, you know what, that's okay. I'm not going to wallow in the fact that, oh, well, I, I can't do that. I'm going to, you know, my first goal for this year is just going to be to keep better records and keep better accounts so that next year's yearly planning, I'll have more data to put into process and all of that. And the answer to that is you're, you're, you're still doing reflection. You're, you're mentally thinking from that 30,000 foot view, how did the year go? And a lot of it's, how do I feel? How do I feel about myself? How do I feel about how I look? How do I feel about my relationships? So you can reflect on all of that from a 30,000 foot view. Okay. And if you don't have a lot of data where you've been journaling or recording stuff, so you're going to be ready to move on to number two, which is anticipation. But before we get there, let me just at least highlight some of those ways that you can capture stuff this, this year. Journaling is fundamental. I think it's, um, it's not very common, but I believe it should be. I think journaling to some degree. Mm -hmm. Now, when you talk about journaling, um, I, I do try to practice that, and I have for a long time. I mean, 30, well, not 30 years, I guess at least 25 years. Uh, now I've been journaling something, 
and it has evolved over time, but I'll journal thoughts and prayers and, and, and meditations from, from, from study, but I also journal in my planner my hours, like I said, the hours that I spent doing physical training. And you can journal and take down anything you want to with that, you know, um, how many hours you put into family time, how many hours. I mean, whatever it is that you want to really try to capture, make sure you're achieving that. You know, I, I make a list of the books that I read during the year, and that allows me to go back and, and look at that. And in the last podcast, remember we talked about books that we really enjoyed? How did I even remember what that was? Well, I went back into my planner and flipped through the monthly pages, and I looked, and I said, oh, yeah, that, that book right there was a big impact on me this year. And so even though I might have not been able to recall it like that from memory bank, I had it recorded. So learning to journal and write down the things that you think are important or they're going to be useful to you is very very good to do. So there's the reflection. And then number two was the anticipation. And everybody can get in on this right here because anticipation is about hope. What do you hope is going to happen this year? What do you hope to achieve this year? What do you hope to become this year? And I think hope should be built largely on lessons learned in the past year. So again, I know we're connecting there to reflection which is good. You should anticipate based on what did you learn and what truth did you adopt in this past year? This is why journaling is important. You know, I can look back and I, and I've started doing this this year so far for the first few days. I've done this, as they say, religiously, but I've been reading, I actually started this the last couple of months of last year, but I've been reading three years worth of journals for the particular day that I'm in. You know, some days I didn't write anything that year on that particular day. But by and large, if I'm looking at three years' worth of journal, I'll, I'll usually find at least two entries on this day going back three years. So right now I'm reading, you know, uh, 19, 20, and 21. So January 5th, 2019, 2020, 2021, what, what did I write down? What did I capture on that day? And some days I'm, I'm gleaning something out of that. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm actually I'm able to go back sometimes and write something based on that for a devotion or something. So... What truth did you adopt? What lessons have you learned? Build that into your anticipation of the new year. So I know this is what I want. This is what God is wanting out of me. This is what my family's looking for in my life. This is what my church needs from me. This is what my, my job, my work needs from me. So anticipating your new year. Now, I think that happens over a period of, of time. I don't think that that... So January 1st, I might do my reflection. But I think it's good to give yourself some time to do the anticipation. You know, it, what you write down on January the 1st might be a good list, but it, it probably won't be complete. It probably won't be comprehensive because it takes time for things to start coming back and unfolding. And so, again, you're talking about starting somewhere. Start your journaling with that right there. What do I want this year to be like? Borrowing from Eldridge again. What do I want to be different this year? So there's reflection. There's anticipation. The third thing I would say is the preparation. You're not going to live the entire year this week. But what you do is you start setting some things in order to help you accomplish what it is you're anticipating, whatever your goals are. So preparation means I need to organize. I need to think about decluttering. There are things that are going to block me from achieving these goals, these hopes. So what, what needs to be removed out of my life? I read a prayer from the book, The Valley of the Vision this morning, and it talked about, I won't get it right, the things that will empty me so that I can be filled with you, Lord. Hmm. And that line in the prayer really caught my attention. That's something that that I want to 
capture and 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 apply in my life? What do I need to empty out of my life, declutter, you know, separate from those things that block life with God? From this in this preparation as you organize, you know, and you declutter, you're also looking at building some solid value-reinforcing goals and habits. So again, that's why we said start with your core values. What's most important to you? And from there, then you can build these goals and habits that are going to reinforce those values. So if your life with God is, is vital to you, right now is the time to begin building a plan and setting an action ways that you're going to spend more time in prayer, ways you're going to spend more time reading good books that are going to teach you and draw you into life with God, the fellowships you need to build, the time you need to spend with people that are going to help you get closer to the Lord. John chapter 13, remember when Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me, and all of them begin to say, oh, is it me, is it me, is it me? And Peter is a smart guy. Peter looks at John. He's reclining up against Jesus at the table. And so Peter says, hey, I'm pretty close to Jesus, but John's even closer. So I'm going to get close to John because he's closer to Jesus. And he says, John, ask him who it is. And I noticed that this morning in my reading thinking, man, that right there was a great move on Peter's part. He said, not only am I going to try to stay close to Jesus, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay close to people that are closer to Jesus than I am. Mm-hmm. And that's a wise move. And so uh, as you think about your year, that's the people you want to be around. Apply that in any area. People that are that are achieving fitness goals, physical fitness, hey, get near them that are going to help lift you up to wherever you're trying to go. People that are really strong in the area of, of work that you do, you know, get around those people. So that's all the preparation part. And, and, and write that stuff down. Make it concrete, but keep it simple. The last thing on the plan is, so you got reflection, anticipation, preparation, and last, and most importantly, is the consecration. So throughout this process, what we are doing is offering up everything and everyone to Jesus as we go through this. As I reflect back on my year, thank you, Lord, for what you did this year. Thank you for the victories. Lord, everything I prayed for might have didn't happen the way I wanted it to, But I can look back on this year and see that you were there through every step. You never forsook us. You took care of us. And then as you start thinking about the new year and you've got this plan, I want to accomplish this. I want to see this. I want to become this. But, Lord, everything I'm planning, I submit to you. Your plans are better than mine. I can never come up with a single plan that would be even close to your plans for me. Now, what we hope is that because we're applying this, this, thought, this idea of anticipation, I'm speaking out of my hopes, and those hopes are being born out of experiences and lessons learned. I'm hoping that I am planning with the mind of Christ so that my plans are pretty well nested in what God is leading me into. But, hey, it won't be perfect. Mm-hmm. There's things I'm going to plan for that won't happen. And, and, and if I consecrate these things, what I do is I learn more and more to say, Lord, is this your will, what we're about to do? If you will bless this, we're going to go forward with it. But if you don't want this, Lord, we give it to you right now. You stop it. You tell us. You pull the plug, whatever it is. And so a consecration is a vital part of this process, giving everything to the Lord. Sounds very much like what Paul was talking about in Philippians 4 with contentment. That I've learned how to abound and how to be abased. You know, he's, he's giving the acknowledgement that in whatever state I am, 
I have learned to be content, and it is the power of Christ which enables me to do all things. You know, I, Philippians 4.13 is so often taken out of context. You know, we, we can't claim that verse that we can do whatever we want if we have Jesus' power, but it's that we can do whatever it is that he is bringing into our path to accomplish so long as we yield ourselves to him, and our plans fit right into that. We plan, we prepare, but then we accept that whatever comes... Whatever it is that the Lord brings into my life this year, I'm going to adapt, I'm going to roll with it, I'm going to keep Him as the priority because ultimately it is He and He alone that will enable me to accomplish anything. I think the the last couple of thoughts that I would just throw at the back end of all this, we've been talking about kind of a personal approach to it, but I would just say this is good not only for you personally, but these are good things to apply with your family and get your family involved. What What do you do in bringing in your family? Because... I know you can you can set goals for your family. You can come in and be like, "All right, family, we're going to do this." And if the family's not on board, you're almost like a dictator dragging people through, which is not necessarily what you're wanting to do. You're wanting to set a goal to bring everybody together. So, how what do you do? How do you do that? Well, obviously that's going to change depending on age of children and so forth. There has to be joint communication with mm-hmm. family. Now, in the past when my children were Old enough, but younger. Mm-hmm. By that I mean I got adult children now, mostly. But they're old enough, but younger. We would sit down and say, hey, where do you guys want to go on vacation this year? What would be a good idea you know, for you? What do you think would be great? And, and we would take those ideas down, and sometimes that worked and sometimes that didn't. Probably not as detailed a process with your children, depending on their age and, and so forth, but inviting them to speak into the plan the planning process, the anticipation, because the fact of the matter is, is no matter how old our children are, no matter where our wife is in, in all of this, they all have had experiences this past year and learned some things that can actually build hope into the new year in this process. So inviting them into the conversation, getting their thoughts mm-hmm. and you know, writing it down and letting it be seen that, that what they say matters. And then you come back Full circle to that consecration as a family, too. Okay, well, let's pray over this. Let's let's just dedicate it to the Lord, and, and we'll see how the Lord will lead in this through the year. So it's good for you personally. It's good for your family. These are things you can apply at work. If you are somebody that has people that work that you are supervising, to invite them into the process would go a long way toward helping your, your relationship at the workplace. And then, of course, in your church, you may be a pastor, you may be a Sunday school teacher, uh, you may be in charge of fellowships in the church, but you can do all this with these things. But now, you're not going to get all this done on January the 1st, and right. that's okay. you got time. Don't, don't pressure that you have to come up with this perfect plan even in the first week. It may take a little longer than that. One other thing I will add to this, build in accountability with partners, with brothers and sisters. Now, you're, you're doing that with your family by default if you include your family. But even in your personal goals, it's good to build in accountability. One way that I do that, I will share certain things with certain people. You know, you and I are going to work out together. So I, I tend to share with you some of my goals when it comes to the physical fitness stuff, because I feel like sharing that with you, it kind of puts somebody out there that say, that's like, there's times when nobody's with me. You know, case in point, a couple days ago, it was snowing, cold, wind was blowing. It was not a pleasant time. But I have these goals of I'm going to run a certain amount and get out and get it done. So I just I went ahead and got out there. And in my mind, I was thinking about 
All right, I'm going to be honest here. I was thinking about the privilege of bragging to you <laughs> that I got my run in in the snow. <laughs> but it motivated me. Now, I, I didn't run long. I got a mile and a half, and that was enough. Yeah. You know, And I was caked in snow. But, uh, but I mean, it helps. It's just, you just, that accountability is a good thing. And so as we close it all out, the one thing I would just repeat here is be patiently persistent with the process. I think this has been productive. Wow, that's another P. Oh. Patiently persistent with the process, yeah, will lead you to be productive. Wow. Let me, let me, uh, let me write that down. Put that on down there. But I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and if there's one thing that I have gleaned and I have taken from it, it's that it doesn't matter where you are on the process right now. You can't undo anything that you haven't done in years past, but it's never too late to start right now to make a change and an impact moving forward. So go ahead and take that pressure off. Quiet that lie that the enemy is going to give you that, well, you've waited too long. You've wasted X number of time. Nothing you can do about that, but you can start today to make a positive impact moving forward. Yeah, and be patiently kind with the people in your life that are going to scoff at it a little bit and say, ah, come on, really? Nah, just be patiently kind. Pull back where you have to pull back. Do what you got to do. Keep moving forward. Absolutely. So you've been listening to the very first Code of Man podcast for 2022, and we want to thank you for listening today. Keep working the plan, set the pace for a great year, and we're off to the races. In the heart of a champion, there is a fire. And the flames are controlled by burning desire. To be the best you can be. Champion